Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. Hanging out here today with my buddy, John. John, how you Howdy. doing, man? Oh, I'm great today. I went and ate some barbecue for lunch. Got a nice full belly. There you go. I had, don't tell anybody, but I had some yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. I knew you were going to when you went over there. I wasn't there. supposed to, but I knew I was, you were going to. I was over there working on some t-shirt <laughs> designs, and I was like, oh, free beer, free barbecue? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, John, we've got a great guest in store for all of our listeners out there. As a profit coach and money-making business strategist, Sam Varner specializes in supporting six-figure service-based business owners to make profit a priority by implementing her proprietary crush formula. Sam is also the host of the She Needs Grit podcast, which I'm excited about learning more about that. Sam, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Let's have a conversation about that for sure. Yes. Okay. So we'll get back to that because I used to have a podcast called The Grit Podcast. So grit, it gets me pumped. So I'm excited about that. Well, we like to kick things off every episode with a bit of an icebreaker. Sounds good. Okay. So my question for the day, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? Oh, I want to be able to clone myself. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. That's real good. Like, Speaking from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like you've got you out there running everything. <laughs> Isn't that what you always say? I wish I could duplicate myself so I could go do this and this at the same time, right? Oh, man. That's a good one. I'm a decent guitar player, but not a great guitar player. So I'd like to think that maybe I could wake up with like the ability to just like shred where if I wanted to pursue another career path, like just like the music life, I could do it and actually be successful. Nice. How about that you, John? I can shred, but I'd take that successful music <laughs> life as well. <laughs> no, if I could do one thing, I think I'm going to have to go completely far-fetched and like be able to shoot fire out of my hands or something. Like I think I, want, I think I want a super ability. You know what I mean? Oh. Because if she can clone herself... Yeah, it's like a whole other can of worms, though. Like, if you woke up tomorrow and you had one superpower, what would it be? Well, I guess it just says ability, huh? All right, yeah, all right. that's I'll okay. It, it, back just, it was a super ability. <laughs> <laughs> now I want different abilities. Right, mm. that's right. Yeah, my ability is to create endless abilities. <laughs> nice. Don't you hate wish you for more wishes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wish for yeah, more wishes. That, exactly. I'm being that kid from the playground right now. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I love starting off with these questions because it kind of like, it gives you just a little bit of information about who you're talking to. And it's always just a great like, I don't know, relaxation from like the normal thought provoking conversations that we find ourselves in. But I'm excited to have you on the show today, Sam. You're actually local. We should have had you over here in the studio. Yeah, we should have. For sure. We'll have to do it again. I don't think I knew. So we'll have to do a part two of this podcast where we bring you out to the studio. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be awesome. We'll do that next time for sure. So I guess we have to take it all the way back and talk about how you got to where you're at now. And so I think I'd like to lead in with kind of how did you get your start in not just entrepreneurship, but PR and everything that you're doing now as a career? 
Oh, it's such a good question. I think when I think about it, I am the oldest of five kids. So I think there was a lot of, I wanted to be the puppet master as a kid. And I think that probably played really hard into all of the things that now I do, right? Like I help people with their businesses. I get into that. I grew up in a household where my dad had a construction company. So I watched him be the boss and I was the labor. (laughs) There was that too. And probably learned really early on, I didn't want to be the labor. I wanted to be the boss, right? I wanted to be the person who got to kind of create the thing from nothing and build it up. And so watching him in the office and just on the job site and seeing how that worked, I think that it was a huge factor in my growing up and then a huge factor in why I always wanted to have my own business no matter what. Didn't know what it looked like, but definitely knew there would be a business. So Yeah. That's so cool. It's so funny because I feel like every entrepreneur is born a little bit differently, but I think that it is something that you are born with for sure because it is a lot of hard work and I I don't think everyone's cut out for it. I think that people aspire to be an entrepreneur until they try it and they're like, oh yeah, there's more suck there than I realized. Right. You know, (laughs) so I find that I'd rather do the crap entrepreneur work than working for somebody else though. Yes. Yes. I'd rather be out there on my own doing it. Like if I'm going to work hard, I might as well have something on the line. Yeah, I think that. And I also, I don't want to have somebody else tell me what to do, right? That was a huge factor. I do not want to have somebody tell me how to do it, especially because I often think probably can do this a little bit different, a little bit better, a little bit quicker. I'm a lot happier to just watch that maybe fail in my own business than be the person being bossed around. That was no good. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I've been a business owner for basically my entire adult life. I've only had a few like real jobs. Like in high school, I worked for Dollar General for like six months. I worked for the city, like my local city as like a, you know, guy who read water meters and like drove a backhoe picking up like garbage, like, like all kinds of just like grunt work. I did that for a couple years in high school. Oh, and then I did Chick-fil-A. That was like my first, you know, big job. I feel like that was like a real job. You live in Texas. You have to have worked at Chick-fil-A. I had to work for Chick-fil-A. Like that's yeah. Work. yeah. So I did the Chick-fil-A check, you know, and then opened my first ever company, a recording studio, and did that for several years. And then went on from that to work for Apple for several years. And then I opened up the business that we have now, which is Beefy Marketing. I was thinking about it the other day. I've worked more for myself in my life than I've worked ever for someone else. And that's a pretty incredible you know, experience. I've learned so much from working for myself because it all comes down to me and the people that I put around me at the end of the day. So I think that that kind of goes back to like one of your big messages that you speak to in the things that you teach and the way you consult and educate, which is about this fun little word called grit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How would you define grit? I think it's a secret sauce to being an entrepreneur for one, but I think it is that idea that like it doesn't matter how long it's going to take me to accomplish this thing, but I'm going to do it until I do, right? Not till Tuesday, not till it gets hard, not until something better comes along. And I think entrepreneurs have that, that internal grittiness of just like, yeah, it is sucky when you are the person who does all the things. You're like emptying the garbage cans and signing clients and paying invoices and all the pieces that's hard, right? It's hard at the beginning when you're trying to just hunt and kill your next client, although we don't actually kill yes, them, but not actually. right? You're trying Hopefully to find not, them. Right? And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And know, you're not eating unless you do, right? There's that hesitation there. And I think it's the grittiness of like, it can go really poorly for quite a long time. 
And if you're gritty, you stick it out anyway with the theory that I can absolutely accomplish that thing I'm aiming for. How can entrepreneurs learn from that suck? I think just you embrace the suck. You realize there is no way to do it without it. You have to fail. You have to have things go horribly awry. You have to have months where you make no sales. You have to do that in order to get to the point where you have a $250,000 business or a $500,000 business. Nobody that has accomplished those goals did it overnight. Like that overnight success thing, right? We hear it a lot and it's complete BS. It's not real. There's a song called Overnight Success that's about that. It's like you play every day for about 10 or 15 years and the next thing you know, you're an overnight success. That's it. I love the way you define grit there because I think of grit as like a sandpaper. It's something that helps you keep a grip on something. And like that's kind of what, I don't know, that movie True Grit is kind of where I get that definition from too. Just the grit, to have the grit to do something, it, you know, it, it just means you're not going to quit. You're going to stick in there until you get it. Even if you fail a hundred times, you're going to learn from those failures and get back in there each each and every time. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. One of the podcasts that we're a part of is a podcast hosted by a couple Navy SEALs. And we were interviewing a mixed martial arts Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. And our icebreaker that day was if you could go back and change anything in your past, would you? But the trade-off would be there'd be one thing in the future that would no longer be the same, but you wouldn't know what it was. And all the guys in the room said, no, they would never change anything in the past. And I kind of went the opposite way. I was like, oh, there's certainly things I would like to change in the past. And they were like, why? And I kind of, you know, expressed myself, you know, like it's, you know, there's some suck there. And I feel like I could have made some better decisions. And the guest that we had on, he said that he chalks these moments up as tuition payments. Tuition payments is what he calls these like moments of adversity, these like defining never quit moments. And he's like, you know, these are tuition payments. You are earning your way to the things that you are learning. These are just little tuition payments you make. And I was like, man, that's a really great analogy because it's like, it's so true. Like sometimes you just have to accept it, embrace the suck, like you said, because it's such a big part of the experience. And I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at today had I not learned the things that went terribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can't do it without those lessons. Right. Yeah. No, I mean... There are some ones that are very vivid in my memory, specifically pertaining to like taxes and like business administration that I did not <laughs> understand early Dude. years where I just like accepted that I was dumb there and I just trusted blindly the people around me to fix it when really I should have had some like trust then verify, you know, mentality, which I just wasn't because I was so freaked out about that where I'm at now in my business. I could totally coach someone in that area. I'd be like, no. Trust your experts, <laughs> find the right people. Don't just blindly go into this thing. Like there is things you can learn from every experience. That's for sure. So I know a big part of your experience was you were traveling quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. How does that affect your, not just your ability to be an entrepreneur, but how did that affect your ability to work in general? Because I'm sure that you're constantly having to change careers and change how people operate systems, processes. I'd imagine that that's how that was like. Would you care to kind of go over that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I'll explain first how I ended up in that predicament to begin yes. with. <laughs> so we were living in Calgary where my husband and I are both Canadian. So grew up in Alberta. We were in Calgary. I was working a corporate job and loving it and moving up the ladder there. And he was working an oil and gas job. And he had a colleague that got a job offer from an Australian company. 
And she said to us in her going away party, we're having drinks on a patio. And she says, would you ever live in Australia? Would you ever consider it? And of course, every person is like, that would be amazing. That would be so great. Sure. Three and a half weeks later, we were getting on a plane to live in Australia because she convinced the company to hire him, right? And I look back on that time. I had two little kids at that point. I'd just gone back to work after my second. And it was chaos. It was like, well, I'm giving up my career potentially at this point to move to another country. And away we go, right? It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be super fun. And it was an adventure. We were packing up to get on the plane that day. And I found out we were having baby number three in a foreign country with no family support. And I would have no job. So that was good. That was job. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting discussions. (laughs) Yeah. Life lessons to, uh, (laughs) I guess, things that I've overcome, right? Like that was a surprise and it was a really hard time. But when I got to Australia, we had decided, okay, I'm going to work. I'm going to do the same thing. I was doing estate planning and financial planning in Canada. No big deal. I'll just requalify in Australia. That should be fine. So I did all of that and requalified and got all the licensing and ready to go get a job. And two things happened. Baby number four and we're moving to Texas. So USA does not take Canadian qualifications or Australian qualifications. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of stress with a fourth baby because that's madness in and of itself. And then moving to another country where we don't know anybody. That's great. Excellent. (laughs) And so that's when I kind of built the business was when we got to Texas, Harrison, my youngest, was two months old at that point, and everybody was only slightly bigger than that. And I just was like, I'm not doing that again. If Mike gets a job somewhere else, my business is coming with me and I'm not requalifying with anybody, I will build something that's like a turtle shell, right? So that's that's when it became, I shall build something I can carry with me when I get on the plane with these kids. That's really smart. I mean, especially in an industry like financial where there's so much compliance and I'm sure there's laws from state to state and specifically country to country where things are completely different. That would be hard to like having to like, you're like, oh, here we go again. Like I'm starting all over again. Like that's got to be frustrating. It was. (laughs) I mean, at this point, had you already been an entrepreneur or was this really your first step out into beyond what you kind of grew up around? Was this your first step into your own thing? Yeah. Coming out of school, I had worked for a PR agency really early on and then it collapsed and I ended up in financial services. And at the point that I was at financial services, you're essentially your own boss. So you are at that point, I'm a financial advisor. I'm trying to find my own clients. So I had dabbled. So there was definitely the umbrella of the company that existed, but I was expected to find my own clients and create those sales and build a business. So it did exist a little bit, but Really, when I started here in Texas is when it was like, oh, no, full on. There's no support staff. I'm it. You kind of had to do it, right? Yeah. I tell people all the time, there's no right time to start a small business. Like You just have to step out in faith to some extent. When it's like your own money on the line and it's your like meals and your food and your well-being, you will bust ass. Like That's the bottom line. Like You have to. Like There's no option there. Yeah. When there's no other option, what we're capable of is everything. When we give ourselves no other option, we will be successful because there is no other option. Yeah. And the problem is once we get a little bit of success, it's trying to really be careful of that complacency where it's like, well, I'm doing well enough. Am I really chasing the way that I was chasing before? And that 
is a little bit of a problem when you end up in that situation too. Yeah. I saw a definition for complacent the other day that said sitting in the same spot. And I thought, how spot on is that? I've never heard it said that way, but how spot on is that? Just being happy right in the same spot is basically what the way they were wording it. And I was like, yes, I've never really heard it put that way, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that nails it exactly. Yeah. And yeah, if you're that complacent, you're happy where you're at, you're not going to grow. It's going to require those hard works, those attempts at failure, if you will, that are going to produce that growth. Yeah, that's exactly right. When you first stepped out, did you know you wanted to focus on women-owned businesses and entrepreneurs or was that just kind of a byproduct of what you created? It was a byproduct for sure. I started out money coaching. So I started out talking to people about their personal finances. So really looking at what's that thing I did as an advisor that I can do without selling assets and being licensed and all those things. So I was talking to people about debt management. I was talking to people about, you know, cash flow in the household, all that sort of thing. And what happened was all the people that kept showing up for that had businesses. And so I was like, well, I mean, we could cut out a bunch of crap in your personal budget or we could just go over here, renovate a little and make more money. And then let's continue with the lattes or whatever the thing is you want to spend money on. So I kind of tripped into it a little bit in terms of the business owner side of things. Got it. It seems like that's how it always works for us entrepreneurs. Like, oh, that's what I'm actually going to do. These other three, four things that I just tried, those did not go so well. So (laughs) why don't you kind of tell our listeners a little bit about the full set of services that you offer to your clients now? Yeah. So right now, the way I work with clients is it's a one-to-one coaching relationship. So it's kind of you sit down for six months. I am going to get in there and help you renovate those pieces of your business that aren't working really well and just creating a bigger bottom line, right? Getting that profit number up, helping you manage some of those numbers and the expenses and the when do I hire, who do I hire, how does that look? Just working on like, I need to be better at this part of the sales process. Okay, well then let's tweak that piece. So there's lots of moving parts, but it is kind of sit down with me, let me dive in there and fiddle around a little bit and let's figure out what's actually causing the small amount of profit you have or just not hitting your goals, right? Yeah. So there's something you talk about, which is different than I'd say most coaches out there, which is more profit coaching versus business coaching. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like how do those differ? How does your line of coaching differ from like the unfortunately abundant amount of consultants and coaches out there? How are you unique specifically to women? I think the big thing is there are a lot of women entrepreneurs and I'm sure this goes the same for men. I have male clients and I think they probably have the same problem where they end up in accidentally either creating themselves a job, right? So they've got a business, but it's really just a job. It's not any better than the life they had when they had a job for somebody else, or it's like a hobby jobby. So we don't make enough money. We're spending money on this business, right? We're spending money on whatever the back end of that business is, but we're not actually generating more revenue into the household. You're not taking profit out of the business and paying yourself as an individual. And women in a lot of ways really struggle with how do I make that happen and not feel like I'm giving up time with my kids or my life? How do I do that and not have to work? There's that mentality of to make more money, to make more profit, I have to work more hours and I have to work over and over more hours to kind of scale as they move up. So I talk a lot about you don't need more hours to make more money. 
you need a system, you need a strategy, you need some mindset piece that you can figure out what's stopping you, but you don't need more time. Let's not just work 80 hours a week. That's a terrible plan. Don't do that, right? That's really cool. I've got a question here for you. Why do numbers and shame go hand in hand for women entrepreneurs? I think it's for all entrepreneurs. I think you probably alluded to it a little bit earlier with the whole tax comment, right? Yes, exactly. the fact that if we don't have a background in finance or an understanding of numbers from growing up, maybe our parents didn't teach us about money, maybe they didn't know much about money themselves, or maybe money was very taboo, right? That exists in a lot of families. So it means we don't really understand how do I manage my money? How do I put myself in a position to have more money than I have expenses? How do I do that as a business owner? How do I account for taxes? All these things. So we have all these thoughts about it, but then we somehow also think we should already know this. The shame comes from like, I should know this and I don't want to put my hand up and say like, I have no freaking idea how to do this. I don't know how to file my taxes. I don't know how to do a P&L statement. I don't even know what a P&L statement is. Like, There's tons of businesses out there that are just absolutely, they have not got the education, not for any bad thing on their own, but just it hasn't existed, but they feel like they're behind and they should have already done this. Yeah. I feel like you're spot on in the sense that this applies to everybody. It does. You know, I felt like right out of the gate, I should have known everything. I should have been like, like, I don't know. I just feel like that we inherently have that mindset or thought process that we should be more equipped to be successful. And the fact is, depending on the situation you grew up in or you were around, especially the public school system, for sure here in America, it does not really accommodate entrepreneurship as like a career path, right? And so naturally, you're not learning the things that you should probably be learning at least a little bit. Like, I should know how to do my taxes. I should know how interest rates work and how compounding interest rates work and how that's going to affect me if I take out loans or whatever the case may be, one of our most popular podcast episodes on business growth hacks is a whole episode about why you should not start a business. Kind of goes back to like your like hobby jobbies and like having a job just because like somebody told you you were good at something or because, oh, well, you thought it was fun. It's like just because it's fun and just because someone told you you were good at it does not necessarily mean you should go into business doing it. There's a lot more that goes into play whenever you start a business. The question I have next for you is a question that like I'm asking myself and I'm asking you, which is how do you push people out of their comfort zones to start making these changes in their businesses so that they can move past these areas of weakness or areas of opportunity? Uh, I would love to say that this is nicer than it is, but at the networking group that I go to all the time, they say that I'm the ass kicker, which feels a little (laughs) harsh. But also true, right? That's the whole point, I think, behind whatever support you need. You need to have somebody that's going to tell you like it is, right? And is not going to pull punches with you and is going to be really straightforward with where your gaps are. And I think we can surround ourselves with people that are the same as us, that are very familiar, that are very comfortable. And we can think like, well, I read that book, therefore I have the knowledge. And so I, I think by osmosis, it'll show up in my business. It doesn't. It never does. There is that action piece. And that's where I come in to say, okay, we talked about this thing. Did you do the thing? Did you implement that? Did you try that? Did you research it? Whatever it is. And then the biggest part of that is it's like, yeah, I can kind of do a little bit of kicking your butt 
first, but then it's exploring why. When you say, no, I didn't do it, it's uncovering the reason behind. Because if we can't figure out that block, it won't matter. I can give you a laundry list of homework to do all the time, and you may or may not do it, but it's not going to stick if you haven't figured out why you keep getting in your own way. So that's critical. Absolutely critical. Yeah. You need someone like you, though, in your court. Like, I have a few people that are kind of like that, but I don't feel like I have a person who's constantly kicking my ass. Like, (laughs) I feel like I need someone like that. And it applies to multiple areas of my life, not just business. Like, even with my own fitness journey, like, I need that, like, extreme accountability where make me feel a little bit bad. Like, I need that check sometimes because as a business owner, I find myself doing a million different things and I start to deprioritize things that I don't want to think about. These are things that I'm usually scared of or overwhelm me. And so I think it's important to have someone like, you know, yourself helping business owners get past that and overcome those obstacles. You have a specific formula though that you follow. I do. It's called the crush formula, which sounds awesome. Badass. Come on, you're crushing it, right? So why don't you tell us about the crush formula? Okay, so it's the five areas of business that I think if you have dialed in, you can scale up your business. So I'll give you like the very high level five categories and then we can chat about whatever parts of it you really want to dig into. But the C is for the core. So it's really figuring out what are your why, like what's the why behind the business? Why are you doing this? Why is it the driver for your life? Why are you willing to be gritty and stick it out and come back for more even when you've gotten kind of beat down? It's that piece. And then it's the value piece. So what decisions in your business are you making through what lens of value that's important to your company? So that starts to become really important for you as a business owner developing the business. But then as you get staff to get them behind that mission and the vision of your business, understanding the values and why this decision is made versus this decision helps everybody stay on the same path. So we start with the core, make sure that it's rock solid and kind of revise and revisit it all the time, right? On those days that are hard, you got to just come back and go, all right, what am I doing this for again? And that's big enough to get your butt out of bed or whatever you need to do. The second piece is the revenue. So then we talk about the numbers. We talk about managing that cash flow. We talk about what your pricing looks like. We talk about getting your head in the game for the money piece, be it tracking every month where you're at. If I say to you, how much money have you made this month? You can immediately answer that question because your eyeballs are on it. And that just means you make better decisions, right? It's the same as If we're tracking what we're eating when it comes to fitness, we don't really want to write down the thing that we had last night. But if we do, we're probably going to make a different choice that afternoon. Just works that way, at least in my life anyway, right? Yeah. You kind of just hurt my feelings just now unintentionally. (laughs) (laughs) One of the big topics here on the podcast is like knowing your numbers, but I've never thought about how knowing your numbers not only affects the business realm, which I talk about all the time and how it's like, You were like tracking your stuff and I was like, oh, knowing your numbers, like this is just as important on the personal life side as well. Yeah, it is critical and it sucks because like last night I came home from kids soccer practice, had nachos and watched a hockey game. Is that my (laughs) best healthy dinner? It is not. crushing it. (laughs) Yeah, I was crushing it. I was making a value-based decision on nachos sound great with hockey. That's just how it goes. Yes, they go together. That's right. It's like pizza and beer. You just have to. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
So we get through the revenue stuff. We work on that. Then we work on the U, which is utility. So it is getting you to the point where you can start to have automation. You can start to have standard operating procedures. You can start to build beyond just the one-man band where you need to not be doing everything. And how do you start building that in? Whether it's hiring like human capital people or just automating your services and that sort of thing and making your life easier. So that's the utility and that's always a fun piece. Then we go to the S, which is my favorite place because it is sales. It is really ironing out. So talking about some of the numbers we reflect on, how many eyeballs need to see my offer? How many consult calls does that create for me? How many consult calls do I need to have to get one client? And how quickly can I do that, right? What's the length of my sales process? And then just, it's a game. Then it's about getting faster. Can I do this better? Can I do it faster? Can I just shave a little bit off here, off there to get more sales faster, which obviously creates you a bigger profit line in the bottom. So we've done all that tech stuff. We got it all sorted. And then the H is headspace. So then it's managing your mind through that whole thing because that's the thing that gets in your way more than really anything else. Yeah. 90% of the time, your thinking is the problem. The problem is not the problem. A hundred percent. That's it, right? It's not a strategy tactic problem. People always ask me, will you give me tactics? Will you help me with my marketing strategy? Will you help me with my sales strategy or the words I say to a client? I'm like, yeah, I'll help you with that. But that's not your problem. It's how you think about yourself when you're trying to sell a product or whether you think you're capable of selling that product more than the exact words I say. Yeah. Feeling capable is huge. That was very well put. There's so much, I'm guilty of this. And I think every entrepreneur to some extent is where we know the strategy. We know what we need to be doing. We've even put it on paper, but are we implementing it? No. And why are we not implementing it? Because we're getting in the way of ourself. We're nervous about how people interpret it. We're concerned about, you know, is it the right thing? Have we spent enough time? Is the design perfect? Is every piece of text on the page, the right words. It's like, that's just overkill. And it's like, we kill ourselves from ever getting something put out there because we're just so overly critical. As I'm looking through like your formula here, and I think about which ones that I would be transparent about where I have weaknesses, because I think I like to be vulnerable in that regard. I'd say that it would probably be core, which is kind of sad because it is such a big part of like the foundational. And I would say it's headspace, which are like kind of the the start and the end, right? You know, revenue, I've got a good overview of where we're at number wise, and I've got great sales goals, utilities, I've got a lot of processes and automations and systems in place. But the why sometimes, even again, even back onto the personal fitness side, like I've had nutrition coaches and, you know, fitness experts kind of take me back, like they try to walk me back to like, why are you doing this in the first place? And I just, I lock up, I get nervous, I don't know what to say, like maybe I don't want to admit what the why is, or maybe I'm really not sure what the why is. And then the headspace, like even if I do kind of know what the why is, I'm always questioning everything I'm doing. And I feel like that can really be a huge stunt of growth for an organization, right? It won't allow you to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. It was it was interesting that you said strategy is not most people's problems. And the headspace piece is, what are some of the things that business owners can do to build this confidence so that they're not experiencing the same issues that I'm even facing. Yeah, I think the number one thing that I try and get my clients to do, try and encourage them to do is to journal. And 
I know that sounds, depends on how you like to journal, if you like to journal. But I've had clients that will do it and leave themselves a voice memo. Like it's just about all you're trying to do is dump the garbage out of your head somewhere that you can evaluate it. So that's all really journaling is trying to do. But you will come up with 10,000 thoughts that are just trash. Like they're just garbage. And when you look through that sheet, if you write it all out and you had to circle the things that are actual fact, they're actually happening or they're true. It's like maybe one thing, one thing on there, but all the things that we think about ourselves, right? So if the struggle is, why do I procrastinate so much, right? Let's say that that's the issue. So I procrastinate so much. I don't get this crap done. Then I feel shitty about not getting it done because, (laughs) yeah, listen, it's me too, though. That's the thing. It's really easy to coach on the stuff that is also me. (laughs) But it's understanding that, right? And it's pulling it out to the point of like, okay, I'm not doing that thing because I'm scared I don't know how to do it. Okay. Why am I scared or why does it matter that I'm scared? Can I do it and be scared? Okay. Maybe that feels really awkward, but okay, maybe I can. Okay. What would I have to do next to start that, right? What's the first babiest baby step to start that thing? or to try, or to get over that fear, or just walk through it, just embrace the fear and do it anyway. Like I had, I don't remember what somewhere I read, but somebody said like, fear's always there. It's always in the passenger seat of the car, right? It's sitting there. You just got to like be like, hey, buddy, great to see you. Glad you're here, but you're not driving. You're just the passenger and I can still drive. Yeah, I'm still in control. Absolutely. Yeah. You could look over and say, you buckle up. I'm driving. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. in charge now, so you shush. Yeah. I feel like we should have like some call to altar music playing right here because I feel playing like this in the is background, just, it's just, it just feels so deep you. right now. It's speaking <laughs> to me like in a way that it's like, if you feel this way, please put your hand up and, you know, just every high closed, every head bowed. <laughs> we see you there. We see you in the same way say. that we're feeling. I see you procrastinators. I see the people that are in their own way. But what I really liked that what you had to say was talking about journaling in a way that I, I might have never thought about journaling before. The voice memos piece is kind of cool. Somebody I talked to recently helps business owners publish books. And I asked them, how are you writing a book if you're not a great writer? And his process was to first jot down kind of what every chapter of the book would look like. You know, okay, like here's kind of the big themes for each chapter. And then to just open up your voice memos app and dump as much content or you know information about each of those topics as possible and then he would send those off to a transcription service and have those transcribed and then he would work with a ghostwriter or copywriter to help him flesh that content out it's like i've never thought about using that same kind of framework or you know model to just even journal just to like talk to myself i think that that's pretty interesting because i don't find myself to be like really a writer do you have any tips because i feel like this is something i would like to incorporate in my own like process or whatever you want to call it, my routine. Do you have any advice or guidance around, I guess, like, how do you start? Because I feel like I struggle sometimes with that. It's like, I almost need a prompt. What am I supposed to say? Like, just everything? Because some of the things in my head, I don't want to put down. Well, that's the joy of doing. So one of the things you can use for that, just to make that process, if somebody's out there listening and thinking like, ooh, I like the voice memo thing, there is an app called, I think it's called Otter AI, otter.ai. But it will actually take the voice stuff and transcribe it right there for you. So that saves you a step. But I think it's really, you can sit down and just say, 
what do I think about my business today? If you're thinking about business, you can do the same for like, what do I think about my crazy children today? Or what am I thinking about my partner today? Or whatever. But just start there. And then allow yourself to just go where your brain goes. And there is no right or wrong. And there is no time limit. It's not like you have to do this for 20 minutes for it to be effective. You can say to yourself, I'm going to do this for two minutes. And whatever I write or talk about for two minutes is good enough. Yeah. I find sometimes that even just admitting that I am upset because, you know, what you said triggered me, you know, like just being completely honest with myself about the situation sometimes makes all the anxiety just boom, it's gone. And two seconds later, you're fine and your headspace is clear now and you can move forward to making the decisions you need to with a clear mind just simply by admitting where you were at. But I think for me, sometimes it's, I don't want to deal with this, but you have to, this is what you got to deal with, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, because the feeling of keeping it inside, right? So if you're triggered by whatever somebody says and you don't just acknowledge it, even if it's just acknowledging it in your own head, then it kind of just sits there and then the next thing that person says is going to piss you off immediately. Like mm -hmm. it might yeah. be like, what would you like for lunch? And you're like, right. why do you keep asking me <laughs> these questions? Yeah. And they're like, okay. You're smothering me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just whatever you want. I don't care. And yeah, it can get really crazy, right? Whereas if you can just go, that really pissed me off. Why did that piss me off? Oh, it pissed me off because I'm hungry. It pissed me off because I remember when my brother used to say that to me all the time and geez, he was a jerk. Whatever. Who knows what our brains think about stuff sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's like the unknown is what's so frustrating about it. Like, Ugh, why am I so mad at this? And then just, I don't know. Should I be mad at this? Probably not. Is it going to matter tomorrow? No. Well, then get over it. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> like, you know, and as far as the journaling from the man side of things, you know, I don't want to keep a diary. You sound like my husband. But <laughs> it's a field guide. It's a field Ooh, guide. I like rebrand it to a field guide. That's yes, what please. it is. It's a field guide. It is marking down air temperature. You can start with weather. <laughs> you start with that you didn't like that it was so hot today. And that, <laughs> you know, like. I had to take two showers because I live I in Texas. I two showers today. Exactly. exactly. Uh, morning <laughs> and night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. So I think this brings up a great question. How do you recommend balancing personal and professional lives? Like, I know for you, you not only experience this as an entrepreneur, you're a mom, you're a podcaster, you're a business coach. Like, there's a lot of life going on right there. How do you balance that? And what is your advice to your coaching clients and to our listeners for finding balance between those things? I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is you got to give yourself a break. You are going to forget things. You are going to miss things. You're going to screw up and it's okay. Nobody is going to die as a result of it most of the time. The concept of balance is really hard because balance to everybody, when you think about balance, you're thinking of a scale, right? Where it's like an evenly weighted distribution on this side and on this side. And I don't think that's possible. I think at any given time in anybody's life, there is this and then there's this and it goes back and forth. But when we talk about in the core and we talk about the values, I think your business is, you need to build a business that supports your life, right? The business is a secondary character to your story. It is not the main character. Your life is the main character, right? So if you're making decisions and saying, I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I wanted more time flexibility, 
And the reason I wanted more time flexibility is because I wanted to be able to work out. I wanted to be able to go and hang out with my friends. I wanted to be able to be available for my kids. Then you have to kind of like walk the walk and tell clients, no, I can't meet at three o'clock because my kids come home. That's when my business shuts for most times now, right? Or I make time this next two weeks is crazy for me because I'm at the school more than I am at home with all of the end of the year stuff. But that's the whole reason why I do what I do and how I've built my business backs me up. So I think balance comes from maybe knowing there is no balance possible, but also living your values. So whatever those are for each individual client, I help them figure out how do you build a business that backs that up as opposed to letting the business run the show. It just doesn't work that way. That's amazing. I feel like we could talk for hours about this stuff because we've not even fully dived in, like especially to your crush formula, because I feel like I'm a nerd and I can nerd out with you on that, <laughs> specifically around the utility and revenue pieces of those two. Like those are like where I'm like, ooh, like that's your happy fun. places. You're like, yep, I like those making money and making more money and systemizing. Oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that stuff's really fun for me. But I think what we like to do with every episode is kind of get a part of the episode where we can let you leave our listeners with a business growth hack, something that entrepreneurs can do to see changes in their business, whether that ties back to your formula or it ties back to a process or something you do. And I, I feel like you've already left us with so many hacks, specifically the journaling one is the one I'm like really personally taking, but I'm going to let you leave us with one more if you don't mind. Which one do I want to leave you guys with? I think I'm going to kind of piggyback on that journaling thought. So I'm going to give you a prompt to get started so that everybody can kind of like, I will do this this week and I will use it and it'll make a difference. So I want you to make a badass wins list. I want you to go through and write down as many ways that you have created results for clients or have built your business or have achieved a thing in your business that you didn't think was possible. Like it used to be the goal and now it's just Monday. What does that look like? Right. And I want you to list it out. I want you, if you have a team, even more fun, right? Like sit down and go, what are all the things we've accomplished since we started the business? None of the bad stuff, only the good stuff. And then what I want you to do is on the days that it feels hard or it feels like it's not working, I want it close. I want you to be able to like pull that file out and be like, yes, okay, I'm not totally terrible at this. I can do this. And this is the push I'm going to need to make that next sales call or follow up with that person or chase that invoice, whatever it is, but like really take the time to make that badass business owner list and then use it as a tool. I think we ought to put it up in the, like the back of the door in the closet or something, yeah. like somewhere where we can see it, but not necessarily for clients to see, but somewhere where we're constantly reminded of it too. Yeah. And get people to just jot down as it goes, right? The new stuff that comes up. That's great. Yeah. Because, and honestly that one, like you saw me kind of like turn into a crooked smile like it got me out of my comfort zone a little bit because I'm not the kind of guy that like I know that I've had wins and successes as well as I know that the successes our team has had but I don't like like it's like a humble brag like I don't like that like yeah. I don't like it's not humble brag it's like full tilt brag it's like this is the tilt, big yeah. brag list like this is the holy crap look what we've done list yeah but I do think it's important like I think it put me out of my comfort zone, but I think it's so important as a reminder to everyone on the team, like, hey, we're busting ass and like, look what it did for us. Look what we were able to accomplish. I think sometimes we're afraid to accept our own successes. Like sometimes we're not willing to 
completely acknowledge them. We're so focused on the what's not going right and how could this be better? And then part of that is just because of the realm of the media that we're in nowadays. We're constantly, we're being fed people who are more successful than us or they've had quote unquote overnight success or they're taking their fake photo in front of a Lambo or a private jet. And it's like, that's just not real life, right? But unfortunately, it's what we see. It's just like these filters that girls use on social media. It's like, it's such a part of their image now and it's sad. It's affecting us even in the business realm. I think that is incredible advice. And not only do I think it's incredible advice, I think that that's going to be like something after we're done with this episode, I'm going to like work with the team to like have them design it, order it, get it printed. We're going to put it up here with like a whiteboard marker and like fill like constantly be adding to that because I think that really is, it's something for us. Uh, Yeah, I think it would help everybody when they're having a rough day. Like not just you. I think it would help the entire team to see, hey, these are our wins. And any team anywhere, not even just ours. Yeah. Well, and you can do it on the personal side too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. <laughs> Looking at you, Andrew, do it on the personal side. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sam. Okay. Full tilt brag. It is your turn to do that because we like to give you the floor to promote whatever it is that you've got going on. Tell us how people can work with you, where they can follow you, the type of people you would like to work with, because I think we all have our favorite type of client, the ideal client. So why don't you tell our listeners how they can support you and work with you? Sounds good. Okay. So the company name is She Collective and you can find me on Instagram at, at shecollective.biz. Come and sit down with me, book a profit maker call, which is an opportunity to pick my brain and get me to like dig through a little bit of your business and help you kind of like we talked about today, but I can pinpoint where you need to be heading and how I can help. So do that. The link is right on that Instagram. Send me a message and let me know you heard this episode and you thought it was great or you're triggered or whatever that looks like. doesn't (laughs) really matter. We're all triggered. (laughs) Everybody's triggered. Everybody's in a ball. It's okay. We'll get past that point. We'll get past it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other place is follow, leave reviews and listen to the podcast, which is She Needs Grit. So listen to that and let me know what you think. Definitely. We all need a couple more podcasts in our little podcast. Don't we? So. Definitely yeah, once you go get check addicted to podcast. podcasts, you don't go back. No. I know. I love this format for sure. It's a lot of fun to meet business owners like yourself. I feel like I do this because not only do I want to educate our listeners on ways that they can grow their businesses, but I also want to be schooled. Like I'm looking to just like be leveling up every day. And it's like, I didn't have to pay for you today, but I got to talk to you. Like how exciting. <laughs> but that's <laughs> awesome for all of us. It's a win-win. Hopefully some of our listeners will get a chance to work with you at the very least take something from this episode and help it transform their business. So I can't say thank you enough. I really appreciate all your expertise, all your wisdom. You've been amazing. Thank you. This was amazing. I love this too. This is my favorite thing is let's talk business, right? Like it's great. Awesome. We will see you guys on another episode next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.